The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Yeah. Beyond. Thank you. You're welcome. You, you worried me for a second. You weren't going to say it, but don't you did. worry. I got you, buddy. Fine. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beyond Number Four Hundred Ninety One. I'm Max Scoville, and I'm joined by Alana Pierce, Greats. Zach Ryan, Salutations, and Marty Sleva. Sunburn on my foot. Yeah, you oh, just okay. one, which All is right. weird. All right. Well, yeah. Brian's not here, so I guess you're the one who's going to blurt out things that have nothing to do with anything for the time being. Uh, we got a great show lined up. Uh, first things first, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you listen to this show in audio form, uh, you should subscribe and leave reviews that are hopefully nice. And if you're watching us on IGN, go to the Beyond page and go and like us over there. And if you're watching us on YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond, uh, make sure you're subscribed because it helps us out. We don't get yelled at by those old men who live in the ceiling. Who are they, you ask? Well, tune in next time and we'll discuss it further. The Morlocks! Awful, those awful the roof boys. Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing up there? The elders of the sky. Um, we got a good show today. Uh, we're in that wonderful period where things are just gradually starting to trickle out about what we might be getting from E3. Uh, there's a wonderful, big, exciting announcement. Hideo Kojima hung out with a fun actor. You're going to have to wait and find out who that Charles is. Sheen. Charles Sheen. Charles Keeley. Charles But no, let's talk about this. Uh, what's up with Bethesda? Uh, so Bethesda, uh, obviously they have a conference this year, Sunday night at E3, like they did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are teasing it by this sort of map of an amusement park. And it looks like an overhead map of like the Magic Kingdom or something from uh, Disney World. And it has like lands that are obviously Doom and this is Elder Scrolls and this Quake. is Fallout. Yeah, Gwent. one that looks like it's under construction. Why would it be Gwent? What did, what did you say? Why did you say Gwent? I said Quake. I thought you said Gwent. So they, they don't make Gwent. Yeah, we had a ton of events. Uh, but then there's two areas that have like construction signs above mm. them, like under construction. Coming soon. Coming soon. Yeah. Uh, and so everyone is sort of assuming that this means that they are teasing two different announcements of unannounced games at E3, which would totally make sense because that is a thing companies do. Yeah. What do we think these are going to be? Uh, I'm going to go right ahead and assume that uh, the first one they're going to announce is Call of Cthulhu 3, colon, we're skipping number two. That's a good. That's a very good guess. They made a Wayne Gretzky hockey game in the nineties. Everyone yeah. keeps waiting. One of these days, yeah. The yeah. great, they, the great one. They call them. <laughs> uh, so things they probably aren't going to announce are Brink Two. They're probably not going to announce Rage Two because both those games are very bad. Um, I would also assume that we probably don't hear anything about a new Fallout or a new Elder Scrolls. Um, I mean, one thing is we know Bethesda's game studios is working on something crazy like six games. Yeah, mm. and so and we know they open up like a second studio, and so. I don't think it's crazy out of the picture that maybe we're going to get a tease of something they're working on. I don't know if that means uh, Elder Scrolls 6 or... I think that we will get, at the press conference, a new IP. I don't know that that will be part of this Bethesda land that they promised, because how would you, for a new IP that we'll maybe have a teaser of? Um, but probably The Evil Within. That's that something seems, that we've thought has been coming for a while. Seems like a safe bet. Yeah. yeah, I think we kind of kicked around the idea that it might show up last year. I was yeah. kind of surprised that it didn't. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's the original game released in 2014. Like yeah. Tango has, aside from the expansion, hasn't really released anything since then. And yeah. so, I mean, yeah, if the if the core team directly moved on to a sequel or whatever their next game is, a three year development totally makes sense. I could yeah. see that being a game that is announced at E3 and it's then not, comes like out a, this fall. Like a Wolfenstein is a safe bet too because yeah. those do really well and people seem to like them. And yeah, we had um, the teaser last year as well um but at the same time like for wolfenstein and the evil within with the way that they have that map i mean i guess they couldn't have either of those without 
confirming a new game, right? Well, yeah. But and it could be a new IP. They just can't have too much information. I don't know. I think I, I'm very excited to see what this looks like. And um, you actually can apply to attend online. They have a registration link that's actually yeah. up on their Twitter. So anyone can apply to attend as long as you're in June during E3. You can actually go to this cool Bethesda land thing and find out what they are. Yeah. That's what's, what's really interesting is Bethesda's kind of been famously like moving towards more like fan directed stuff. Like they've got QuakeCon. Mm. That's where they do a lot of big announcements. Blink 182 live at the E3 press conference. 182? You say one eight two? You just said one eight two. Isn't that when you kill a cop? It's one eight seven. Oh, never mind. <laughs> wow, Zach, so hard, Ryan. Sorry, I'm really sorry. I called you that. <laughs> sorry, Lana. Anyway, um, but yeah, they they had like a big. They had a. a, a Hey man, I'm trying. You know, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I know you find folks at home. I do my best, and then you come in the comments. They're mad at me. It's not always Max. It's these these chuckleheads who do it. They they mess it up. Just flanking you from each yeah, side with the goofs. So hard. Yeah. Um, but no. So I was, what I was saying was that they do a lot of kind of fan like fan focused yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, they've been. I mean, there was a big thing where they weren't sending out review copies of games, and this is the first Still E3 that's open to the public, mm-hmm. and they're they're like, hey. Uh, we want to talk to you. Like we want to have a show for for fans. And didn't they have like a big thing on the on the floor after their press event last year that was like open to the public? Kind of. Yeah, that's where mm-hmm. I saw Blink One Eighty Two. There you go. Not going to yell at me now. Um, yeah, and it was mostly. I don't know how those people actually got invited, but it was mostly not me. Well, if they were playing the show, I imagine that they they let them. You what? know, they probably gave them the wristbands. Travis Barker is famous. He has several tattoos and survived that plane crash. That was uh, one of the only places at E3 that they had Fallout VR playable, mm-hmm. and so I lined up for it for a very long time. And they were like, "Uh, wait time from where you're standing is about." Two hours it was like, oh, never mind. Would have been good. cool to see, but not really worth it. I don't know. I played Doom in VR last year at Bethesda's booth, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like bigger yeah. Doom. I bet we'll see more of Fallout VR. I, I bet at the show they'll be yeah, like, hey, this I'll is a real thing, that. and it's coming out this fall. Also, one of the things that kind of struck me as surprising was on that the map, the image of the map that they sent out was uh, they had one of their areas was dishonored themed mm-hmm. and so i guess that means that we'll maybe see some sort of dlc i, I mean they're not going to announce a new dishonored no, no but like, I would like think they had DLC. what the witches witches of Eastwick or whatever that dlc for the first one was called, <laughs> was called hocus pocus was hocus pocus yeah, yeah. something yeah. wicked this yeah. way comes yeah, yeah. Uh, that dlc was great yeah it was called witches of something right more the witches yeah. Of yeah, yeah they were yeah i definitely think that's a reasonable guess um what were the others uh one of them looked like fallout Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of there was a there like was a fallout there wasn't necessarily a, like a fallout land but there was a uh, what do you call that that man the fallout the, yeah the, vault boy he was sort of dead center in the middle of yeah. uh, their map yeah. so I mean, he would I could yeah. see him being like their their idol that you that yeah. you go and pray to yeah there's a quake pray area to. pray to there's a quake area there's a pray area yeah so yeah I mean they're like they've sort of been crushing it over the last couple of years between I mean pray looks really cool obviously it's out later this week. But like we mentioned, we don't have copies yet. Sure. Um, yeah, and then between uh, Dishonored and Wolfenstein and Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls and Fallout, like they've they've been releasing Evil Within. They've been releasing things that people actually care about. Yeah, and they've so got like, that. Um, they've got the, the the card game, the uh, uh, Legends. 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 Yeah, Gwent. Yeah, it's also um, <laughs> Gwent. For a while, I think Ubisoft was putting out a lot of my favorite games and then Ubisoft got into that thing where they all feel kind of similar. Mm-hmm. The games that Bethesda put out are all super different. Incredibly different. Incredibly yeah. different. Like, something like Prey wouldn't feel anything like the evil within. Or Wolfenstein, I mean, I, you know. I agree with you, but I also, I, to counterpoint, they're all first-person adventures. They all have very different mechanics and very different feels, but it's all like Dishonored, yeah. Prey, you know, they're all like... Yeah, Fallout, Skyrim. Skyrim. They're all from yeah. the same perspective, but Evil Within is probably the mechanics. only one yeah. that's different. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Quake is obviously just, a, you know, an arena shooter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think... Also, do they have anything that's like a lot of steam on that one? But you know where I was going. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. do they have anything that's rated E, or are they like entirely? Oh no, like adult? no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda, I don't, don't even know if they have anything rated right teen. Yeah, uh, you might be right. I mean, like Fallout Shelter, maybe even that. Uh, yeah, you can Fallout have, Shelter. You yeah. have sex in the. Nah, you could put. You could do too many babies yeah. in that game. Too many babies. But the babies oh, hidden. Is but Muppet Babies has several babies, and that's really rated teen. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Alana, you want to talk about this? This next big thing? I'm yeah. not going to even read it because I feel like it's it's too. It's too, it's too <laughs> we'll let you do this. You got to announce this, so we'll let you do it. We are not live streaming this right now. Um, Darksiders Three is coming. Uh, I'm super excited about this, and we went to uh, see Gunfire Games in Austin, Texas. Like I think it was there two weeks ago. And um, I, I got to play a very small chunk of the game, but we have a new story and a trailer. 
uh, up right now, and we'll have just a whole bunch of coverage for the rest of the month. This so. is our IGN first for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, hold hold the hold the <laughs> for a second. How how is this game? How does this exist? <laughs> Like, yeah, like I think that, that it's to be like it's great. It's coming out soon. It's real good. It's like, uh, no, this came back from the dead. Yeah, this is it's it's been a pretty crazy journey. Have any of you played Dark Side? I played the dude. first one, but not the second one. But I've also been told that the second one is better, and I should play. I love both of them. Yeah. I'm a huge uh, fan of those games. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first one a lot. It just felt yeah. like a a sort of macabre Zelda. So yeah. it is. Yeah. It's like God of War Zelda with Portal in it as well, which is like I like all of those things. Yeah. This is great. Um, whereas two is a little more like an MMO, but basically they were owned by THQ and THQ obviously went under, uh, Nordic games bought the rights to Darksiders after a while. There was this issue where like everyone at Vigil Games who worked on Darksiders were like, Oh, we all just lost our jobs cause we didn't get picked up where we all just are, are done. And apparently they were really sad about it, obviously. And a lot of them went to Crytek and then came back and started their own studio, which is called gunfire games. They made Kronos, which is one of my favorite games of last year. It was an Oculus exclusive. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember you talking about really that quite good a game. bit. Yeah. I think it needs to come to PSVR. That would be great. Yeah. You, should think, you should have told them that. Well, I think they had a, a funding deal with Oculus. Yeah. I think that it was, you should have your last news story of the month be that it's coming to PSVR. I'll work on that, but I don't think that... <laughs> That's how news works. could be a lie. Andrew, I should throw it. It doesn't write, matter. Write wishes on IGN and yeah. then maybe come true. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that... <laughs> comment in the comments below. And hell, maybe it might happen. I don't know. <laughs> so that whole thing happened. And then, yeah, somewhere along that timeline, Nordic Games bought the rights to Darksiders. And everyone was like, oh, they picked up Darksiders. What are they going to be doing? But they ended up just making... Um, Darksiders to the definitive edition. Let's call it that. Don't call it. We don't need to That's call it that. That's what it's called. Yep. So they basically worked on getting the older games to the current yeah, gen. And they re-released Darksiders 1 on the current yes. consoles as well. Uh, which I think was wall-masted. Yeah. So I like it. All right. I'm, I'm down with the puns. Um, so then the studio, which is now Gunfire, were like, oh, maybe we could start working on another one. And Nordic Games ended up rebranding to THQ Nordic. Um, totally separate group of people but they ultimately decided Nordic Games wasn't a strong name THQ has a legacy and they had picked up some of THQ's like, properties hey, hold on a second now it says here you with THQ Nordic is that any affiliation with the ones who made the Spongebob Game Boy Color games yes I like that I go, <laughs> no, who is like oh yeah THQ that's a good series of letters to attach to your new game studio what a terrible idea well oh, you guys had those Saints Row car washes that cost millions of dollars <laughs> well in theory you sent uh, out $800 dildos didn't you was that they it? really did yeah. you made tombstones for dark like THQ is like oh you threw all those balloons in the bay for that one was funny <laughs> that one was very funny wacky PR stunts aside they put out some great games yeah. and I mean that's where South Park Stick of Truth yeah, started that's where Evolve started yeah, yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, it's it's cool to be this far like out from this and to see kind of these these like Phoenix properties rising from the ashes of like these yeah like this Darksiders I thought was going to be gone forever I thought it was dead. Well, yeah, it, it had been through like a weird series of rumors where Joe Mad, who was uh, the lead concept artist, he might have even been lead artist on the mm-hmm. original game, sort of like posted something on Facebook being like, Darksiders is not dead. And everyone was like, Darksiders 3 confirmed. And obviously that wasn't the case at the time. He was just someone who had been asked about Darksiders repeatedly and got really excited about it. So everyone kind of expected it for a really long time. THQ thing happened. We all assumed it was dead. And uh, now THQ Nordic has picked it up. It's almost entirely the same team. Awesome. Uh, loads of the same people and yeah. they've also I think it's kind of to their advantage that they worked on a bunch of other stuff since like a bunch of them worked at Crytek they worked on Kronos they've worked with different platforms and gained a bunch of different skills so mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's like that team left Darksiders for a while, got a bunch of external training and then all came back together and are now working on Darksiders 3 so cool. and when I was at, at uh, Gunfire they kept saying stuff like it, it feels like we're home again. It's like you work on this franchise that we all kind of met each other through and we feel like we're home again and we know what this is. And That's cool. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there'll be coverage about it all month, but it's been seemingly a crazy journey. Um, we'll have a video up fully about that and about how complicated and crazy that's all been but it effectively seems like all of these people lost their jobs were terrified that the franchise they had built was dead and now it's back again we have yeah. a new protagonist which is fury um she's super cool has amazing hair i'm pretty much gonna write like 50 percent of a feature just about how cool her hair is uh she's kind of like catwoman mixed with god of war which i'm down with okay and the game Cat itself <laughs> i'd play it <laughs> it's set um 
on Earth, but it's post-apocalyptic, so everything looks crazy. And it's, it's, all, it's all like weird, like kind of revelations post-apocalyptic. It's not just like, oh, there's a bunch of old crap. It's like there's like no, yeah, there's, there's angels and demons and all that yeah. good stuff. Um, and the thing to me from the footage I've seen looks like it's just about to explode. Like yeah. like the way that the art style to me looks like it's like all it's all cracked and glowing and it, everything looks like it's just on the verge of almost blowing up. It's great. It is, yeah. <laughs> looks awesome. Great. Yeah. But uh, Fury's like sent there to fight um, the seven deadly sins, and I've only seen one of them. But they're basically like just a physical embodiment of the different sins. It's cool. Um, yeah, it, it reimagined in the same way that uh, Vigil initially reimagined what the dark side is, or the, the horseman sorry would look like. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited. Yeah. Was Fury one of the four horsemen? Yes. So they have this poster that I think I got before the... She's not a real horseman, if that's what you're asking. She was one well, of theirs. None of them, none of them are real. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, war and death. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the last two of Fury and Strife, and it's it's cool. I have this poster that is um, of Fury. I think it was, like, either before or during the release of Darksiders 1, and she's basically naked, and to see how different she looks now is crazy. Like, she's, like, full armor. She looks like if she was standing next to war, it'd be, like, a cute family portrait. She's, like, got all these metal skulls all over her and stuff, whereas the original art is just just really just naked, just yeah. in a bikini. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a cool evolution. It's come a long way in what, a couple what of years. Year did, yeah, I was going to say, what year did Darksiders come out? 2007, eight. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. So that's a very like 2008 yeah. design aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. Darksiders 2 was four years ago. So even since then, it seems like a, a bunch of stuff has changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get too in depth because I don't want to trade on the coverage that's coming tomorrow, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And yeah. it and should be coming out. We know just like top down details are 2018 and yeah. it's coming to the, the major consoles and, uh, and PC. PC. Yeah. On a scale of one to Iron Maiden, just how metal is this game? Uh, it's roughly 10 Iron Maidens. I actually don't know. I've what? seen so it's little of it that I really, I don't, I don't know. I wish I like, I wish I had been up. It's, it's, like it's a solid Judas priest. <laughs> hey man, they're way more metal. Yeah, that's true. What about, <laughs> they don't have a metal. They don't have a kind of metal in the title though. So I guess I can see why you'd go with in one to Iron Maiden. It's those Japanese, that Japanese schoolgirl metal band. Baby metal. Yeah. Baby metal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cannibal corpse. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Sunday. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. You guys haven't heard those? No, oh, we've heard them. I just think they're scary. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of scary metal things, um, Hideo Kojima made a nice appearance at the Tribeca Film Festival and did some some of his usual sort of wonderful fusion of, of movie stuff and video game stuff and was just sort of rubbing shoulders with... Yeah, is there a media event that Kojima won't go to? Like, he's just at everything. Like Quinceanera. I mean, there's no media coverage of your. What are you talking about? I had a hashtag. We were trending. <laughs> anyway, he's uh, such a fan. He's yeah. like, there's going to be all these movie people here. Amazing. So obviously, he's you know he's busy working real hard on this game and hanging Jeff out with. Uh, follow him around with Snapchat filters. Hanging out with uh, with with Norman Reedus and all that. Uh, we got a little bit of an update on what they're doing with Death Stranding. Sort of. Uh, he said, "Let's say that Norman's character is walking in New York." We're trying to see what we can depict with Decima Engine actually looks like New York. If it scales correctly and what feels good there, let's say the character goes in an Italian restaurant. Who the character meets going into the restaurant, what he will be eating, all those details are decided, are set. What we're working on right now is what kind of table will be there, what kind of specific details will be there, what's on the specific menu for this restaurant. So if you want to know how Death Stranding is coming along, they're trying to figure out what Norman Reedus's character will be ordering at an Italian restaurant. <laughs> this game is never coming out <laughs> holy moly you have to figure out what kind of table there's an easy one it's gonna be red and white checker cloth yeah obviously like a, a okay, what i think this with. means is that things are actually like the way the world looks just it just doesn't have skins on it right it's just like a white box no what i think he's also i mean this is yeah this, uh, i think you're even taking this too literally what he means is that the broad strokes of the story and the arc and the characters and the actions are done and what they need to do oh, is, is make the video game. game. Yeah, I assumed oh, it was more than that. So, yeah. Do you think he was using this as just a vague example because they were in New York for this? Or and because he that... wanted to meet De Niro. And so he's like, I'll just talk about that scene from the he first really Godfather really likes spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, that's yes, the kind of yeah. the follow-up part is that Kojima posted a bunch of photos having hanging out with, with Robert De Niro, uh, which is sort of that's a so weird... Sweet. I mean, the guy is getting like... Worlds collide. The guy's getting good actors in his games. And... Yeah. Occasionally, you see that where there's you know an actor who shows up doing mocap or facial facial capture, or whatever. Are you saying? Are you saying? Just say the words. Do I hope that I hope that De Niro is in? So do I. Can you imagine <laughs> it, living in a world where Robert De Niro is in a video game? Like that is so crazy to me. Yeah. 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 He also tweeted video. something that was like, "I've now 
shaken hands with a bunch of people who Robert De Niro had shaken hands with. Like, if you look at his Twitter, he, he was like, I, I, I shook hands with all of these people. Like, like I met Al Pacino about not James washing Khan. his hands. Yeah, yeah he's got to wash those, those mitts. He's like, I wasn't going to wash my hands until I got back to Japan. I don't remember who that tweet was about. But yeah, he, he said that one time. Yeah, but, uh, right. yeah the Jeff Keighley reference was Jeff Keighley tweeted a whole bunch of pictures of Kojima um, with uh, Snapchat filters, and they're all pretty great. Yeah, yeah. I'll do I want to hang out with Kojima in New York. Yeah, just, me too. God, I just I'm I just want to hang out with Kojima. Period. Yeah, just anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of just I don't know five years from now or something. You know, what are you playing? Oh, I'm playing that new De Niro game. Yeah. <laughs> you believe that love can bloom on the battlefield, Fokker? <laughs> I got large uh, tentacle cables. Could you? Uh, <laughs> you know, some sort of nano machine construct. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, all I want, uh, given his love of De Niro and La La Land, I just want him and Emma Stone in the game, and then we're good. Yeah. I, you know, I've said it before, I believe, on this very podcast. I, I'm very excited for Death Stranding. I feel like every time we hear about it, that goalpost gets moved further and further away. Kind of and I, Like, I... I just want them to just zip it up and work on the game. Well, that's what I was just then, thinking. Yeah. Like the more different famous actors you put into it, the more pieces of a puzzle they have to fit into a plot. Yeah. Well, not only that, but like more. the more uh, super intense schedules you have to work with for yeah. shooting and like booking people to come out to wherever you're going to have. You know, but it's going to be out at E3. They're going to say it's out now. Yeah, right. I don't think <laughs> you are wrong. Sure. Yeah. You bet your career on it. Be a good I've already done that for a couple of things. I'm fine. <laughs> Maybe maybe Kojima just said this because he was tired of he didn't want to talk about it and so he just just rambled about Italian restaurants. I don't know. Guys, I'm stoked well, for this game. Do that, you know? I don't honestly. I don't really care if this game never comes out. I'm kind of just okay with it being this constant. Like, oh yeah, it's gonna be. It's yeah, we're, we're working on it. We got we've got a real time spaghetti. It's working great. I'm okay with hearing about like one weird thing about it every month for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be a little bit better playing it in a couple of years, but yeah. Yeah, whatever. Well, I, think, I mean, fine. I think the biggest lesson that we learned from Metal Gear Solid Five was that you've got to be patient when it comes to working with this dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we waited from the time that the Phantom Pain was announced to the release date of Metal Gear Five to it actually coming out. How, how many years was that? Like several. Yeah. So Second it was year. so long, uh, and the game was amazing. But there's no denying that that game was not finished in the, the vision that he had. So you know, working for himself, doing his own thing, regardless of whether or not there's these little trickles of information, mm-hmm. you know. Just let him do his thing, even yeah. if it takes six or seven years. Like I told you, be Koji. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. he also intentionally hired a bunch of people who didn't have uh, video game experience necessarily, yeah. which could potentially slow things down. Could go wrong. We'll uh, see. I, I guess. like it. I like it. Uh, moving on. Uh, May is getting a bunch of new games from PlayStation Plus, <gasps> as happens with every month. Yeah, but every this month. one's different because it's really good. May is a good month, and yeah. so May has been rewarded with a wide range of good. Featuring games. the Overwatch character. May May rhymes go, with go. yay. Wait, you realize the word may existed before Overwatch? No, it didn't. Oh, wow. So anyway, PlayStation Plus has a bunch of games that are coming out this month. The one that comes after April and before June. Uh, Tales of the Borderlands coming to PS4. Uh, Marty, you love this game, right? I adore this game. I think it is one of the best things uh, Telltale has ever done. And there's a note here that says, would I uh, enjoy this game if I've never given a darn or a hoot about Borderlands? Yes. I enjoyed this game and I never gave a darn or a hoot. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the best Borderlands game. I think it's amazing. Like the, the thing that I've always enjoyed about Borderlands was the sort of bits and pieces that they drop about the overall world. Mm -hmm. And I think that this game dives right into that and takes like those characters that are sort of small in, in, <clears throat> the main games and really fleshes them out, makes them like really fun. Yeah. And yeah. like a recent Fiona, the main two characters that you play as are completely new characters. I'm like, yeah, there are some side characters that you'll get a little bit more of like, you know who Scooter is yeah. uh, from the other games, Doesn't but it have handsome Jack. Yeah. And handsome Jack. Yeah. And it's one of those like, yeah, again, you get a little more if you know who handsome Jack is, but like that is such an incredibly well-realized character in this thing. And the thing is, it's the funniest thing that Telltale's probably ever done. Uh, but at the same time has a ton of gravity, tells us really cool Western story and the characters are just incredibly likable. Oh yeah. Uh, well, one game that does not have any likable characters is Abzu. Which no, is what are you talking about? about? There's several fish. It's full of the, the animals of the ocean. Yeah, they're very likable. I don't like any of those. What, what about Tordai? I'm really excited that this game is on PS I'm, Plus this month because I totally missed it last yeah, year. Same here. And uh, when it came time to vote for Game of the Year, it wound up on so many people's lists. And it was Did one of those things that... None of you guys play it? No. I didn't oh, play man. it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I know. And it was one of those things that, that the more and more I saw it show up on, you know, your guys' list, yeah. it was like, man, I really feel like I missed out on that. So it's, this is an awesome excuse this to has, go back it's, and play it. And it's short, right? It's, it's like super short. I mean, the, or something. yeah, and it's yeah. the whole thing is like, it's the, it's underwater journey, but it's like, it's kind of underwater journey. Um, yeah, in, in the best way. And it also has the best swimming controls of any game ever made. Yeah. Which oh. isn't saying a ton because yeah. like most games have like just junk swimming controls. Yeah. But this yeah. is like, it's, it's balletic. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason why I skipped it because the idea of like, an entire game that takes place underwater just sounds butt to me. Yeah. But I mean, what? like a butt, like it just sounds like a butt. I don't okay. want against butt. They're great, but I'm saying most underwater controls are terrible. Very, and I think the idea of submerging an entire game is not fun. Um, but I've, <laughs> I've heard that this is great. So I'm really looking forward to playing yeah. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to play this. Um, I totally like, I, again, it was one of those ones where I'm like, I'm going to play, uh, we didn't get any codes in. Uh, do I want to spend the money on it? I should support things I care about and that I love. And then I was like, yeah, but it's probably going to be on PlayStation Plus soon. And here it is. And all I had to do was wait half a year. Brian played it as well, though, right? Yeah, yeah Brian, Brian loved it. Yeah, yeah. I, thought so. I thought it was like one of his favorite games. Yeah, that dude yeah. hates water. He loves, he loves the fish. Yeah, though. he bathes in the, he does dry bath baths. Yeah. Coors bath, yeah. if you will. Uh, yeah, well, I will. All right, uh, Blood Knights. It's coming to PS3. Yeah, we could. Oh. I mean, we could have just. Uh, we, oh, we're gonna keep going. You don't want to talk about? No, Blood we could have ended that PS3? one. No, Blood Knights is when the Blood Moon comes. Okay. Well, that's pirates and merchants in that game, though. So no, this cool. is the next one. This is Port Royale Three is coming. <laughs> to so we were like, yeah, there's some great games coming to PlayStation. Uh, Blood Knights. So right. You don't need to play games, all six of them. There's you two games that we can certify as great, yeah. and then these other games are definitely games that are coming. I love the first two Port. I don't know anything about them. I can't say whether or not they're good. Could be. That could be great. Okay, then there's PlayStation. <laughs> Laser Disco Defenders, which is coming to PS Vita. Vita! And, Laser uh, Disco Defenders sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> In name alone, right. that sounds great. Yeah. And then there's Type Rider. Oh, I get it. Like Type colon, ri- like Typewriter, but it's not, it's spelled differently. They spelled it out. In a different way. Remember when we were goofing about May? This is you're really turning it around. <laughs> anyway, okay, all right, fine. So that's, um, that's what's coming out this uh, this month. Me, I uh, PlayStation Plus is so great. Like they, it's, I just love that we're at an age where we're like, oh yeah, I pay a minor subscription fee and I get free games every month. Yeah, and it's like I mean, Xbox Games with Gold is cool too. I hope Nintendo takes some cues for that. Me too. You guys shouldn't whisper. That's me. Mono can't hear you if you yeah. whisper. He's allergic to whispers. No, he's not allergic to whispers. He just doesn't. I sometimes forget that that PlayStation Plus games are a thing, and then I'll find out retroactively that I missed a game that I really wanted to play. And it's like, God damn it, I got to check this more often and be more like on the ball about seeing what comes down every month. Well, let's let's all agree to actually get Abzu. Yeah, yeah. Tonight to play those fish games, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about. Yeah. Dude, I already, I already have this evening, and I don't like. I don't want to shake hands right now. So Max is trying to shake hands with Kojima later, so he's going to keep uh, that. I was shaking hands with a lot. bunch of uh, famous Italian actors. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, take this back home. I had an awesome uh, weekend playing a VR game that I've been wanting to play for ages. It's called Nog. It uh, just came out. It's also available for non VR. You can play it just on your PS4. Uh, it's it's one of those goofy ass indie games that's roughly quantifiable as a game you know like yeah it's kind of it's sort of it's kind of a toy yeah it's somewhere between like a diorama and a pop-up book so this is like. the game that we played at p uh no at the sony vr event yes. way back yes. when the when they first announced uh-huh. all yeah. the price points and stuff and i remember you being really excited about it then yeah this game is awesome i don't yeah. know what really i actually played it at e3 like at one of the it was one of those games that i was like Oh, there's no line at that one. I'll go check it out, whatever whatever the hell it is. And it's mm. called Gnog with a G yeah. at the beginning and the end. It's like eggnog, but you remove the E and the yeah. G. Uh, or porn- pornography. Um, but no, like they- Pornography. <laughs> Dude, that's what VR porn should be. Is that you put the por- pornography. Okay, we yeah, we in that. No, okay. Talk about the game. So anyway, basically, um, it's just it's all like weird, kind of colorful, like these these head shaped things, which sort of like feel like something out of like a like a Katamari game almost. Like there's just that same level of like this lot of colors and silliness, and uh, each one of them comes sort of like each level basically is is like in like a package that you have to open at the beginning, and you get sucked into this like you know weird sort of three D space, and each tornado. Each like little little nog, each uh-huh. little head is effectively like half a diorama, half like a, a puzzle you've got to screw with. And so like one of them, one of the first ones, you're is this the one we have to like flip things to? Yes. Move? I've, yeah. I've played this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's have you played it in VR though? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Yeah, and, um, it's beautiful. The thing about it that really that really sucked demoing it was that it's such a it's such a game about just kind of like fiddling and like and mm. it's not 
a game you want to like burn through and be like, oh, I'm going to get this right. It's kind of like, oh, I'm going to flip these switches and see what this does. And kind yeah. of part of the fun is in the trial and error. Yeah, and yeah. like everything makes little noises and little. And the stuff you, know. you find is actually really cute. Like something yeah. that will work. You'll be like, I see a switch. I don't know what it's going to do, and yeah. then it does. And you're like, oh. Man. And there's, I would say that it's it's a lot like Hohokum, which I really like too. But that mm-hmm. was kind of, uh, that was almost like too wide like it was it was too it was too hard to tell like am i like you'd fly over something and it would be like plunk plunk and you're like did i do anything what am i doing there and, and nog is much like more kind of focused and, and small in that sense so it's very clear when you've reached like oh i've i've solved this little puzzle thing and it has that level of when you solve a puzzle feeling as though you, you've accomplished something that little yeah. kind of little endorphin rush of like oh i did it but in this case it's accompanied by like wonderful sort of vr light and light and sound yeah and it's uh it's a double fine presents game so you yeah, can imagine cool. just that sort yeah, of tone um, and it reminds me the the puzzly sort of playful nature of it remind me uh they're ios games but stuff like the room or monument valley mm-hmm. where it's very much like you're fiddling with stuff in the yeah. environment and changing things and it's like like you said if i flip this lever what does it do you're like oh it releases the water goes down which means yeah. i could do this thing over here yeah. monument valley is a very very close comparison mm-hmm. i think i um, feel like this is a little harder than monument valley but yeah in terms of like turning things for sure um i also remember part of it being in space yeah that's all you, everything's like, sort of floating like in space and, yeah everything's nonsense yeah that's i thought all. it was really pretty though and yeah. has nice sound design and yeah like i said it works really well in vr but it's also not vr so if you yeah. Just, yeah i was actually i wanted to ask you what the advantages were to playing it so in vr the advantage of vr is, is just it's it's really kind of like wearing blinders which i really like about it like it's not it's not a game that's like oh you're in this terrible situation you've got to get out it's kind of like all right well the frog wants to eat some butterflies so how are you going to feed the butterflies to the frog figure it out yeah you're like advantage that's the same as other vr which is just it's a massive nothing to distract yeah. you from how cute okay. it is um i would say there's there's a lot of really subtle vr like kind of bells and whistles that like um like when you and also describing it is just it doesn't work um but you you get like this you know this new level in a box or whatever and you sort of open it and then it like sucks you into this wormhole and as you're flying through you're like whoa i'm in space this is very exciting or you know you're going to this mm-hmm. this new area but if you look over your shoulder you'll see this sort of closing portal behind you as oh, almost cool. as like you're being yeah. sucked through like a physical like thing. a butt yeah, like a big butt, like a big, like a big butt <laughs> so, in virtual space. So, Wait, so do you not like this because you didn't like you, butts in the game while you're solving the puzzles, like while you're like in these di- dioramas? Can you does the head tracking work to like look around? Yeah, things, no, totally. Like, mm-hmm. That's yeah. super cool. I would, yeah. I would just, I would like lean back on my couch and it didn't do the thing where it's like you need to get back in the game. It was kind of like, all right, well, the thing's further away from you now. Like the sure. The, it is fairly centered though right like you couldn't like get on the floor and look up and still see underneath it no, no because you're very much you're also like rotating the thing yeah. Yeah. like physically in space so you don't need to like move behind it to get it. behind it you just flip it over, flip it over. Yeah, it's also yeah. it's just very comfortable yeah, yeah. very like it's it's very low like low stress like yoga it's yeah. a monument valley is a perfect parallel yeah <laughs> um it's actually the guys who made it are uh co-op they made i think i want to say it was deus ex go they made one of the go games no. recently nah. uh was it or Croft Go? No, that's all. That's, that's all, all Square Enix Montreal. I mean, no, they teamed up with them. Like those guys worked with. Uh, oh, I think it, was, it might have been Deus Ex. Deus Ex, yeah, they teamed up with these guys who. That's were right. I do remember. Them. So it's. I, I guess just what I really like about this game also is that it's. Um, it's. It feels like a safe bet for a VR title because it's not exclusively VR, but it's way cooler in vr mm-hmm. uh, but it's not one of those it's like compared to something like star blood arena which just fundamentally doesn't work without vr uh it seems like it's just going to be a loss for yeah. whoever's funding it whereas in this case it's like well, it's, I mean, that's it's sort of silly. that's sort of how vr feels in in uh 2017 right now is that it's like too risky to just go full vr and so it's almost something like resident evil 7 where you're like hey this is a great game if you don't have vr but also if you have vr like this is a showpiece sure um product which yeah i mean that i feel like if i had the money and was funded to make something vr i would definitely try to have something that also works non vr mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, how much is it uh i, I think, think it's, it's like 20 i think it's 20 bucks, 20 yeah. bucks yeah something like that you beat it uh not yet no i want to take my time with it and it's yeah. it's really cool also i realized something that i very much do not like about vr is the feeling of uh it's it's like a larger version of wearing headphones when if somebody talks to you, you excuse me sorry what sorry and it like yeah. just bugs uh, you yeah uh, so i had like people over and my like my mom was visiting and i was like i can't play vr right now it's probably best to do that one yeah. like actually alone just leave me alone wait I'm until with the nog yeah wait until all your friends have abandoned you and then play that. exactly yeah. uh it could happen any day now yeah. <laughs> Speaking of friends, we've got lots of friends over in the Beyond Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Do you think somewhere in New York, Brian's yelling groups.com? Probably. <laughs> Go 
We hop in there every week and get questions from you guys for Rapid Fire. Uh, this week, Guillermo Saba says, what's your favorite console ever? Correct answer is the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. That's a good one. Nintendo 64. Really good one. Sega Dreamcast. Uh, I want to say I'm, it's a tie between Super NES and I think PS4. Or is like yeah. Really, yeah. Really very nice time. I mean, yeah. if we're talking about ties, I would say probably Dreamcast or or the original PlayStation for me. Yeah, I mean, all four PlayStations right now have reasons that they could be at the top of my list of, of Sony consoles. I feel like PS One is probably my go to. Mm-hmm. I go to just because I the JRPGs of that era yeah. were so good. Like Square was killing it so much, and yeah. then just the introduction of some of my favorite series like yeah. Resident Evil oh, and Metal Seven. Gear and yeah. Symphony of the Night. Yeah. I jump around a lot on this. I'm I'm also just very fascinated by the fact that the PlayStation exists almost out of a a, a spat between Sony and Nintendo. That, yeah, and it would have and in some other timeline, this is a super PlayStation podcast. Like we're you know like yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Nintendo Sony hybrid games that <laughs> run on optical media. I don't know. Uh, Scott Santa. Scott's. I can't read. Scott Hanna says, "Who can eat the most hot dogs in one sitting?" Somebody added a nice bullet point yep. here. Who is that? I would like to talk about this. There's a man named Kobayashi who's incredible at eating hot dogs. You should watch videos of him online. I think he's beat most men in hot dog eating contests, save for Joey Chestnut, the hero of America. But there's an amazing video of Kobayashi going in a hot dog eating contest against an actual Kodiak bear. And they filmed this. And it was really great because Kobayashi has that technique where he dips the hot dogs in the water. and then Bear he like, has the technique where it's a, it's a bear. Yeah, but it was so good because Kobayashi's like crushing the bear because the bear is very bored at the beginning. But then the bear gets to a point where he just puts his little snout right near the table and goes Rawr! and he just uses his paw and he puts like 45 hot dogs in his mouth and all of a sudden Kobayashi's like oh my god I think that was the first time Kobayashi ever lost he ever lost and it wasn't to a man but to bear it was incredible it's one of the greatest videos in human history bear, you know and you, you know what happened it's so funny to hear him retell the story because I've seen the video <laughs> Marty, Marty fucking loves this video <laughs> but the best thing Brian showed it to us I only saw it for the first time like two weeks ago it's so yeah. Good. Brian showed it to us like two weeks ago, and I feel like Mark's been talking about oh, it. Oh, dude, it's sense. been really good. And also, it was that lady in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't know in what context, but I said the phrase. I referred to someone <laughs> as the Kobayashi of. <laughs> oh no, that's you can't tell that story. That's <laughs> all going to get fired. Walked past and, and opened up a, a. She was like, "Excuse me," and just grabbed a glass out of the kitchen. Someone I did not know. Out was of like, context, Ooh. it must have just been so awkward yeah. for the three yeah. of us to be in the kitchen and her walk into that convo yeah, we weird. should link that video in the podcast yeah, notes absolutely yeah. uh, that being yeah. said I, I don't think i've ever had more there. than like uh, three hot dogs really i don't think so in a single sitting yeah i think uh, i don't know i feel like uh on a good camp trip i can crush like five or six hot dogs right, no so oh, no, that's is, actually, who, who do we think in this here can eat the most hot dogs well, i'm ruling myself out Probably eat the most hot dogs. Yeah. yeah. Like it's Max. I feel like, no, I, I'm going to lie. I had four hot dogs. hot dogs at home. I'm probably going to go home and some hot That dogs. was the most sincere that I've seen Max just like in weeks. Oh, yeah. I went, I to, I went, to, I went to Dollar Days at the horse race a couple weeks ago, and I think I had four hot dogs. They were like barren hot dogs. Those hot like dogs are mustard. terrible. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't matter because I was drunk. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Think about that. There was a time in, must have been 1996 or so, I probably had 11 hot dogs. <laughs> They were so good, good that day. Yeah, I was those were simpler party. times. The halcyon uh, days. Max Scoville in the day of the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, Yair Donan says, "What game would you show your ten-year-old self?" This Man. is such a great question. Oh. I've thought about this so many times throughout the course of yeah. my life. Like, I would love to go back in time to like eighty-nine or something when I was playing Super Mario and be like, "Hey, just wait. Look at this." Mm. Uh, I mean, right now, I feel like it would probably be like Uncharted. The, like Uncharted 4 or something like that. I, I feel like taking something so hyper-realistic and showing it to myself at 10 years old, that 1995 would just totally blow me away. I was going to say Breath of the Wild, but then it would ruin every video game that followed. I mean, yeah. But the thing is, also imagine if it was like, uh, so whatever, it's the early 90s and you're like, you're some, someone's playing Link to the Past and you're like, hey, Zelda's going to look like this someday. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, and they're like, all right, well, uh, see you in 25 sure. years, kid. And you're like, what? Like, yeah. How do you do anything? Like, how do you, how do you? Back through your weird Rick and Morty portal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See you later. Two ways of thinking about this. One is, would you want to show something that your specific, like your 10-year-old self would be impressed by in terms of what you liked when you were 10 or would you want to show something that was just across the board like technically impressive i think the latter because i well no that's the thing is if i showed i i had to kind of get myself interested in the witcher mm-hmm. and the witcher is also like that's a game that i played after 
after Skyrim and after reading books and after Lord of the Rings and after all this stuff that I hadn't really gotten into when I was 10. Whereas if I take Battlefront back to when I'm 10, I'm like, hey, check out what Star Wars looks like in video games in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, holy crap. And I mean, Breath of the Wild is the same way because it's got enough familiar elements of Zelda. Yeah. I think that would be the one where I'm just like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. that'd be good. Pardon I also me? think it'd be a really good goof to go back in time and show somebody something like Shovel Knight. <laughs> <laughs> this is what games are like. Look at what the future holds. And you're like, oh, I mean, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. If every game's like DuckTales ever, that's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, that's really tough. Like Breath of the Wild's one that comes to mind just because I love Zelda so much. Uh, I loved JRPGs so much. So like, I mean, playing Persona now, I don't. I feel like I wouldn't appreciate the coolness of it or like the yeah. the. Mm-hmm sort of the Japanese-ness of it as as 10. Uh, but then also, like, I loved horror things as a kid and the idea of, like, showing me Resident Evil 7 or PT. Yeah. Like, PT especially, because that's one of those games where, like, that's still, that's probably the best-looking thing. What if that was too scary and it just screwed you up? Yeah. Back in time and you came back to the future and everything was very different because you'd, you'd turned into a big wiener because this time traveler had come and shown you the scariest game. If I was a big wiener, how many hot dogs could I eat? Hey, hang on a second. I feel like 10-year-old Marty would be way more terrified of his future self than he would be of any game that Marty would show. Why? Oh, if I'm like... <laughs> yeah, like if, Mar- if old Marty just showed up back in time, 10-year-old Marty would be like, oh no, what happened? What, what are you talking about? I bought some shirts. I know I have the, the sunburn on my leg, but that's fine. It's just like a mile in Marty, come on, we gotta play PT. You gotta play PT. You're like PT. It's a great game. It's for the future. Uh, uh, come on, little Marty. Oh, Rick. Watch you, Rick. Yeah. Oh, man. That's such a, I love that kind of question. Though. That's a really I good question. I kind of want to say Child of Light um, because I don't know what games I was playing at 10 years old. I know I was playing games, but uh, like giving that game to a 10 year old girl and being like, this game is pretty and floaty and it's like designed in the way that a fairy tale is but it's also really smart in terms of mechanics and it's challenging and yeah. i wonder like if i gave that to myself at 10 if i would have been just like super inspired by that yeah. i wouldn't give myself like a first person shooter from nowadays because i'd be like i feel like at 10 i probably played doom and that was probably it yeah. Yeah. and so i'd be like what's what i don't know anything that's happening i, I like don't understand what's going on right now yeah, i think max kind of hit the nail on the head like it'd be really cool to take franchises that are still around now and take them back and show somebody that like, I love Batman as a kid so yeah. maybe like one of the taking, Arkham games taking yeah. last year's Doom back to a kid who loved the first Doom and be like this is what Doom looks like in 20 years or something like, yeah. that would be mind blowing you I'll know cause like, answer. Yeah. for me because it was 2003 yeah, yeah true the guy was kind of modern games were around already yeah, yeah. Uh, Lego Marvel superheroes because when I was 10 uh Every one of those words, oh, yeah. <laughs> you were yeah. like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> there, were, yeah. there were really no good one. There were no licensed Lego sets. There were no Lego video games, and I don't know. Uh, Marvel superheroes didn't. They were like, "You want to watch?" A still pretty niche. Show? Yeah. yeah, they were still kind of weird. Yeah. Um, here's a good question. Philip Price says best color. That's a very good question. Questions. Yeah, I did. Uh, it's jungle green. It's lilac. Red. Just red. regular red. It's red. Basic chartreuse. What did you wait? Oh yeah. You, oh, then you took red from him. Uh, what did you? Uh, in a in a Slack thread, it's fine. We can't. Oh, I did. What's yeah. your favorite color, Max? I just said chartreuse. Oh, that was a real chartreuse, color. Yeah. I thought that was like a. Isn't that a green green it's chartreuse? Like a green. It's a nice it's like a green, nice spicy green. Have you ever drank green chartreuse? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Brad Shankar says, "Who is best girl in Persona Five, and why is it Makoto?" It's a very good question. It is not Makoto though. Makoto's a little. On? Makoto is a little too buttoned up. As of right now, it is certainly on. Uh, we still go on several dates. Other girls are I'm, I'm getting my confidant levels very high with them, and I get ten, and they're like, "Hey, I would like to date you." And I said, "No, ma'am, we are friends because I am saving myself for on." What about sexy punk rock doctor? Oh, she's dude. She's when I get her to ten, that's gonna be a tough choice. Yeah. Yeah. I also right. I also like like the church checkers girl. I don't know if you've met, met church met checkers. Yeah, yeah, she's she's really cute and she plays checkers in church. Oh, it's like, like another game. It's called like show. Also like homeroom teacher. No, that freaks me out. I don't have sex with my teacher. Yo, don't shrug. Uh-huh. You don't like butts. I haven't played it, so I was gonna be like, what's what's that? Uh, what's that cat's name? But then uh, Morgana isn't, isn't the cat also a man? Can't do I mean, sex with Morgana. Morgana. Someone, that okay. was why I didn't say it. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to sexualize the cat. But no, the cat, it's fine. It wouldn't be the first time you've sexualized a cat on this podcast, Alana. Okay. <laughs> Fritz! Matt T. Garceau says, which games would you most like to see get spinoffs in the vein of Uncharted The Lost Legacy? This is a very good question as well. I like this one. This is much better than the last two. <laughs> I like I the question. Like I like the cat question. Uh, there was no cat question. You created that. <laughs> So in the vein of Uncharted The Lost Legacy, I would put it kind of in the same category as uh, as the, what is it, the Behind, behind DLC, or uh, almost kind like of Far Cry Blood Dragon. Or like First Light. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a standalone. Yeah. It's not really. It's not a DLC. It's not quite an expansion pack. It's a smaller continuation of something that's familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this obviously suits narrative-driven mm-hmm. games um, because that's the kind of contained package it is. But then Blood Dragon was not really in. It wasn't an expansion on that narrative at all. No, it was the same mechanics though. Yeah. And it was a willingness yeah. to do something that like a full game might not do. Yeah. So this is like it's, it's a, a smaller alternate universe of something that we already have. Yeah, we're kind of an EP, really. Like it's it's not a full album. It's just a little side thing. I want to say Vanquish, just because I'd love for that game to have had more content. Really? So the the oh, there was that rumors that it's coming to PC, and if it comes to PC and everyone buys it, then we'll get Vanquish too. Hopefully, that's how video games get made. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> like probably, probably not. Yeah. I don't know how any of that works. I'd like to see a spinoff uh, of The Witcher 3 where you just play as Dandelion. Oh. You just go around and just play your loot and do kisses on women and just get in all kind of ruckus like and trouble. Blood and Wine. Yeah, kind of like Blood and Wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pounding snifters of vodka in an old library. Yeah. Man, I need to play Witcher. Oh, that sounds great. Find a great. bunch of feathered hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Huge troubadour trousers. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's making Freaking a statue Dandelion. of uh, Geralt bathing. Good. Oh, yeah, I saw yeah, inside. Saw giant. Yeah, inside mm-hmm. the little the little tubbies. He's got bubbles over his. Maybe dark horse. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. It looks good. I want one. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like it's weird to have like a, a naked, a roughed up Polish man as a statue. No. Okay. Never mind. Some disagrees. Yeah. Richard White says, Alana, do they have Mexican food in Australia? Yes. Um, we have various Mexican food chains. One of them is called Gumen Y Gomez. I don't know what that means. It might be racist. Uh, but it. Oh is. no! It's the name. The, the uh, one opened up in Japan. It's the name. It's the two guys' last name. And the Y is and. That makes sense. Um, the burritos that they have there aren't actually that dissimilar to uh, the ones I've had in California, <laughs> but um, for other chains that have just like Mexican restaurants, it's, just, it's nothing like what's in the U.S. Or I assume in Mexico, they put um, olives on everything. No, they Why? they just put a lot more cheese on everything. Oh, just a great. ton more cheese. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I'm cool with it. Dan Simmons asks, what was your worst kiss in-game or otherwise? Definitely now with On, things are going very well. <laughs> we wrote a, we wrote a uh, Ferris wheel together. I think she put her hand on my thigh. Yeah? Nice. Yeah. Um, I have a pretty good worst kiss story in that it, it's, I'm not going to say his name or anything, but it's a very handsome dude. He was an architect. He owned this beautiful apartment in this really old building. Ed Mosby. <laughs> those are all the architects that we know good work everyone <laughs> on paper you just seem like he was super charming uh dressed really well he just had all of these things that were going for him and then i kissed him and it hurt my face uh, and i was like i can't i can't do this it, what? it was physically painful what he was just so aggressive about it that i was like oh and he just really in my face to the extent where i think we were kissing on a couch and then i ended up on the floor like in a way that just was like, like kiss you off the couch, kind oh. of, but not in a way that was. You so hot. It, it was just in a way that I was like trying to retreat, and it didn't. Yeah, it was. Did not he make like, any noise? Was he like? <laughs> I don't remember that much. Uh, my uh, first kiss was not good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I kissed a girl at the uh, the old grape festival from Lodi, California. Nice. Called the Grape Festival, okay. and uh, I didn't know how to do kisses because I was twelve, yeah. and I just kind of put my tongue in her mouth like. Uh, <laughs> and that was it. Was, it was just that, like a, like a blep, like just like. Bleh. I feel like that's like a ukulele move. Yeah, she had done kisses before, and after we kissed, she said, "That wasn't very good. I don't think I'll kiss you anymore." Oh no! I one of those. And then too. also, and then also, one of my dad's coworkers witnessed the whole thing go down. So that was embarrassing. Oh no! Oh, no. Boy. It really set a precedent for the rest of my kisses. Yeah, my oh, first, uh, my first like French kiss was a su- was a surprise. I didn't think this girl would want to kiss me at all, and then she did. And then afterwards, she's like, "Yeah, he wasn't very good at kissing." I was like, "I didn't know that was my first time." <laughs> yeah, would have like doesn't count. Well, I would have done br- practicing on my hand or something. I actually had braces during my first actual kiss. Oh god, that was scary. Did you ever kiss a girl with braces? I feel like that's good. I feel like I, pr- I probably won't. Yeah, at this point in your life, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, go ahead and assume probably that. not. Well, there's adult braces. Those yeah, are that's things. True. Yeah. 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 yeah, super braces. Yeah, yeah I've, territory. Here. I feel like I'm also. Uh, I hope we're all at a point in our life past bad kisses. But like a year, nah. a year ago, I was seeing a girl and she was just like her teeth kept hitting my teeth. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing is fine. I think you can still be kissing incompatible though as well. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. someone who's not necessarily a bad kisser. It's just not your type. Just, I think worse is just the, the, the like the cold fish like. Oh yeah, we were. You're yeah, like, what? We are you, oh, yeah. you, oh, yeah. you, you hanging? Are you gonna? Yeah, do we were talking. Too, about, yeah, 
Stop. Okay, first off, the way you're giving me a look makes it sound like we were cold fishing each other. I mean, it's not untrue. I didn't like that comment you said about butts earlier. That hurt my feelings. All right. Okay, so one last one. Ben Lai says, did the Beyond crew think we'll see Bloodborne 2 at E3? God, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. What do we want from that? Just more of the same, or do you want something weird and Honestly, crazy? Yeah. 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 I mean, I Bloodborne is still my favorite, uh, probably my favorite game of this generation. Eh, maybe a close second to The Witcher. But uh, God damn, do I love that game. And I played the hell out of it, and I would love to go back in and explore more of that world. Uh, do I think, we think we'll see it this year? I don't, I don't know. I, I hope so, but I so. don't think so. No. Yeah. I'd like to say yes, but I, I don't know. I think we'll get that game eventually. Bloodborne 2 was such a success. Like, it, we'll, we'll get it. Just don't know when. I mean, we, we currently don't know anything from stuff. What was those eyes you gave me? You gave me sexual eyes. I'm still thinking about those limp fish kisses we were doing earlier. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that was nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, Deal. yeah, it's fine. That's what, that's what friends do. Um, <laughs> we don't know what FromSoft's working on right now, like to finish the last bit of the Dark Souls 3 DLC, so they currently have no projects in development, so I could totally see a Bloodborne 2 teaser. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if... if if we see anything at all, it'll be that. It'll be a teaser. Yeah. You know. No, yeah. What if they just made like a like a match three game where it's just a bunch of <laughs> like nasty babies and little skulls and mops and stuff yeah. you know, rearrange? Yeah. Old buckets that explode and get dust everywhere. <laughs> Big mop horses. Moldy books. So. <laughs> oh, that nasty game is so things. good. Yeah. Anyway, this has been Beyond. We do this every week. Uh, we we'll got one more question again. here. Oh, I don't want to answer that question. We can't do that. It's too hard. That's fair. Kevin Guti, I'm sorry we're not. We didn't get to your question this week. It it was it was too it's good. Too Correct answer is Portal Three. I'm not answering it. Anyway, Portal Three. Yes. Uh, <sighs> is that how you end all shows now? You just I'll do a good paper. crumple. I don't know. It's an easier way to get rid of the paper than just to carry it out and you know. I, I mean, you, you just threw it on the floor, so now someone else has to do it. Throwing something's great. It's a fun <laughs> can't time. Can't someone else? Most do games it. are based on throwing something. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we do this show every week. Uh, silly show. As I mentioned earlier, uh, be sure to you know like and subscribe and, uh, and leave comments and all that. Um, we are on uh, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond. So hop on over there and, and leave a nice comment and say hello. And um, yeah, on that note, yeah, oh, we were all on Twitter. I'm sorry, I'm very tired today. It's fine. Okay. I'm Max Goval. She's Charles Anazard. He's Zacharias D. And this one right here is McBiggity with two G's. Oh, thank and you, two Max. G's. Okay. Beyond. 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 Yeah. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.